0: Remote work has long moved beyond simply being a trend or a lifestyle. It's a natural evolution in the way we work and collaborate, a complete and vital redesign with profound positive impact for businesses, teams and society as a whole. With it comes a work culture revolution that requires putting freedom, trust and conscious behaviour at the core of every business who wants to thrive. I'm Sarah Regalhuth, your host, and I'm a serial entrepreneur, investor, and expert in growing happy, high-performing remote teams. Since 2014, I've been running all my businesses remotely, and that has deeply changed who I am as a leader. I've gone from micromanaging an unhappy team, suffering high turnover and working long hours to moving to the US, traveling roughly six months a year, and loving the shit out of my team and being constantly amazed as to what we're achieving. Join me as I dive into conversations about remote work magic, conscious culture, and the future of work with some of the most inspiring founders and leaders in the remote work space. Insights, tips, success, and failure, innovation, we share it all. Let's dive in. Alrighty, I am super excited, everybody. I have my good friend, Stephen Caper, who I met through, uh, we're both members of EO, Entrepreneurs' Organization, and we did the EMP program at MIT. There's a hell of a lot of acronyms right there. The EMP program is the Entrepreneurial Masters Program, and we were at MIT in Boston together. I think we started in 2015, graduated in 2017, and our group comes together as alumni every year now, which is pretty fun as well. Um, Anyway, I'm very excited to have you, Stephen, as my first guest on the show. So thank you so much, Um, Tell us a little bit about you and your company and what you do.
1: Well, uh, thanks, Sarah. Um, Well, my name is Stephen Caper. My company is called Fundriver. We have a system that nonprofits use to track major gifts. So we handle like the sub-accounting, the unitization, and our system helps to make sure that uh, when a nonprofit receives a major gift, it goes to the purpose intended. So our Typical clients are major universities, uh, healthcare care organizations, major humanitarian organizations, and arts organizations are our typical clients. We have about uh, 400 clients uh, across the country. We've been doing this since 2006. And uh, in 2009, we went totally virtual. So we have no office. All our employees are all over the country.
0: Ew. That's what I want to hear about. (laughs) It's amazing. Um, Thank you for sharing a little bit of that journey. And how many employees do you have?
1: We have about 22 direct employees and then another three or four that are contract, either contract or Mm part-time.
0: And is everyone, um, are they all located in the United States or are they all over the world?
1: Almost everybody's in the United States. We have... One employee that's in Medellin, Colombia, Mm -hmm. uh, most of the year. And we have a contractor in India and our CFO is actually moving to Panama in, uh, in the next year or so.
0: Which I think isn't that one of the coolest things. I don't know how you feel about it, but when one of my team members wants to move countries or even like go and do some three-month stint somewhere and they get to keep their job. Like, I think that's such a cool thing that we can gift them.
1: Yeah, exactly. So it's funny, the the employee that's in uh, Medellin, uh, I don't know if if we weren't virtual, we wouldn't have had the opportunity to hire her. and, And she's a rock star. and. Uh, she spent a few months living in Turkey for a while, just because she wanted to learn the language and learn the culture, and then moved back to um, to Medellin. And so, it's uh, it you know, it's not a big deal. It doesn't matter where you are; you can work from anywhere. And then well, we had a so good. We had another employee that was based in Massachusetts, and then uh, her husband got a job in. Tallahassee she was able to move states smoothly didn't make a difference wherever she was and it worked out really well for her she got to you know keep her job and her career on track and uh, not miss a beat
0: it's so freeing and um, like to see that freedom that we can give our team members is so amazing but I Tell me about the freedom that you experience because I know for myself when I went remote, it's like all of a sudden I have a hell of a lot more freedom as well. How do you work from home as well? Like, do you or yes,
1: yeah. Everybody works from home. Yeah, it's, it's a little bit different for us. So uh, for us, it's it's about a different kind of work life balance. Mm-hmm. So a lot of us have uh, families to take care of. So uh, at FunDriver, you can you know you can start work. Help your kids see your kids get on the bus, spend the full day, and then be there when your kids uh, get off the bus. You know, get them set up for snack and whatever they're doing, and spend time with them, and then go back to work. So, it really lets you be there more for your family, and you don't have to spend hours in a commute day to day. So you can have all that time back. So you you get a, a sort of a freedom and more time to be with people that you care about and uh, more, more time for yourself. Mm,
0: so. I agree. And you're obviously operating with a, like quite a bit of flexibility around hours then. You're kind of allowing your team to decide roughly the hours that work best for them. And if they want to take that two hours off when the team, when the kids get home and then they can get back to work, you're, you're kind of, is that how you're operating?
1: Yeah, for the most part. So mm-hmm. if you, if you have to go to a kid's soccer game, or if you're coaching your kid's soccer game, like nobody cares. Just go. Yeah. And then we also have um, a uh, a four ten schedule for some of our employees. Like they have the option of a four ten schedule. So What's that, a four
0: ten? Can you just explain that? I don't know what that is, and maybe some so listeners won't.
1: And so in, instead of uh, working eight hours a day, five days a week for yep. forty hours, uh, it's Uh, you work 10 hours a day for four days a week.
0: Uh, Okay.
1: And so what that does is like, especially if you have a family, it's like one day off in the middle of the week that lets you get things done, Mm -hmm. like take care of things. And then uh, on the weekend, you can actually spend it with your family instead of trying to catch up. Mm -hmm. And you're still getting the same amount of work done. And it's just gives you more flexibility.
0: Okay, Um, and would your team opt in and say, I am working at 410 so that everybody knows? Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm.
1: So we coordinate schedules and overlap and it works out well because we have to cover uh, West Coast time zones. And so when somebody works till say six o'clock, for example, or eight o'clock, that helps us cover the Pacific time zones a little easier.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's one of the cool things I think as well about, um, you know, having a a more, uh, what do you call it? Like location diversified team is you can get a bit more coverage as well of, um, managing phones or emails or inbound inquiries or whatever they might be as well. So that's kind of, kind of a benefit that people don't think about sometimes.
1: True. And, and you could recruit from anywhere that also makes a big difference. We don't, we're not really constrained, uh, by location to hire, and so it's helped us hire really high quality people that maybe we wouldn't have been able to get get to otherwise. And then that, in you know, addition to that uh, kind of work life balance that we can create by working from home, uh, is a really good recruiting tool. I yes, that's, yeah,
0: you're absolutely speaking my language. So it's talking about recruiting tool. I'm um, so I, I put a call out to my EMP group, and that's how you kind of put your hand up and said, oh yeah, we're, we're running remote. I'd love to chat with you. I, I put a call out to everyone just to see who else is running fully remote the way that I do, or even just doing things in a, in a bit of a different way. Um, so I'm very happy to have you on the show, but the coolest thing was just the other day, you posted to the group that you guys won, the Tiny Pulse. Uh, ha- is it Happiest Company? Is that, what, yes. yeah, is that the title, the official title? Happiest Company Award, which I think is so fucking cool. Um, so tell me about that. Like what, a tiny Pulse for anyone who isn't um, familiar is a software that I think we got introduced to through EMP. Correct. Um, I, I was using it for a while as well and I've kind of created my own internal kind of tweaked version but um, it, it, it asks your team every month or I think you can set it what the frequency that you want but it asks your team how happy they are at work out of 10 and basically does some other things that give you some metrics and data. And I remember the first time I ever asked my team for this kind of feedback, like I was pretty scared, like what is going to come back? And I guess five or so years later, I live by that data. Like I need to know how happy my team are. And if that number starts, currently 9.3 out of 10. Uh, but if that number starts going down, I, I, I get, you know, I start to dig in and find it out. So just for everybody listening, that's what Tiny Pulse is. But um, I didn't know they have an award. I'm super excited for you. So tell us a little bit about that.
1: So uh, yeah, it's, it was a, Kind of a surprise to us, but uh, really like happy one. Mm -hmm. We're really excited to get it. Uh, We we that so tiny pulse. We're using it to sort of monitor sort of employee engagement because we're totally virtual. We don't really. It's really hard for us to see how people are feeling. You know, you can't walk through the office or anything like that. So it gives us a chance to get feedback from employees. And as you're saying, you know, one of the questions is how happy are you? And that uh, they measure, that's one of the metrics that you can measure through that system.
0: It asks a bunch of other questions as well, does it? I haven't used it yes. for a while, so I couldn't quite remember, but yeah. So it's all these kind of questions around engagement and essentially yes. to answer that question of how happy they are. Um,
1: yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, how good are your management systems? You know, how are, do people feel like they've, you know, that they're making a contribution? Um, you know, and, you know, Other other factors, but so that's just uh, for us. It's been a big win for us. We're super excited, and it uh, uh, it, I think it reflects a lot of you know some of the things that we've really tried hard to create in the company, which is one of our core values is creating the best place to work, and and specifically about creating a work life balance. So we. When we do our annual reviews uh, or our quarterly reviews, uh, that's one of the questions that we ask is, you know, how's your work life balance? And you don't get an award for like working longer than anybody else. It's, it's more of a a flag to say what's going, you know, what's the matter here? Don't you have something else to do besides work? (laughs) And, um, so I, I think all all the different things that we've been trying to do to engage employees and benefits and create the type of place that people really want to work uh all led up to people feeling happy here. And that means a lot to me personally. You know, how many are unhappy at their jobs and have a place that you really like coming to in the morning is it's a big lifts a big burden off people
0: yeah that was probably my next question um and it's kind of like two parts but one is why do you as a leader feel why is this important to you to have a happy team and and the second part which is probably kind of the answer but um I want to hear both both your perspective on both of it but you know how does it translate I know I know how it does for me, but how does it translate to the business because I know for some people they're probably listening like oh that's all well and good to make your team feel happy but you know i i just want to see the bottom line and i want to see the company growing and all of that can you can you just share your journey as a leader around you know what it means to you and why you want your team to be so happy and engaged and how that has kind of impacted and benefited your company
1: well there's sort of sort of two levels you know from a you know sort of interpersonal level uh it just everybody knows how much it sucks to come into work. We hate coming into work.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, I
1: don't want to go through that, and I don't want anybody else to go through that. And uh, so, so making sure that doesn't happen to anybody else like feels really good to do that, and feels makes this place feel special to be to be at. Um, the other part is, you know, like you know, from a business standpoint, you know, if, if If the employees are taken care of and if they're happy, the customers will be happy. And then if the customers are happy, then the shareholders will be happy. So really, it's kind of first putting the employees first uh, over anything else that kind of leads to everything else working. So sort of a long way around. I guess it ultimately leads to more productivity and theoretically more profitability for you. And besides the fact it reduces turnover if everybody's happy. They're not likely to leave, and it's costly to hire people and train them. So it's easier to keep them happy.
0: Yeah, totally. And has this journey? Have you always been leading like this, or do you feel like that transition to remote and and all of that was kind of part of it? I'd love to hear a little bit more about that and your just your journey as a leader.
1: Well, the the probably the big shift for me came uh, during that. Uh, first year in that EMP class that we were in together mm-hmm. that was that that was sort of the catalyst we need to get out of the mom and pop phase of of our business and and really start growing. and the key like key thing that I took out of that was how important culture and values were and as a virtual company that's you know, that doesn't have an office, that doesn't have a history, we don't have a tangible product. The core values are really what is the nucleus of the company. And without them, they, you know, I feel the company just wouldn't be here. People would leave. And uh, that everybody like participates in upholding those values and can call each other out on on things that maybe, maybe they feel don't align with our core values. And so that's, you know that that's the, the happiness is sort of a byproduct of the values that we hold hold dear. And yeah. we can that's if the values are clear, like the decisions are easier also. So mm. everything is really about that. We check on a we check on it as a group every quarter. We take a survey about how closely the company is holding those values. We get comments on that. And then at every quarterly review, we review actually each of the three core values that we have, That, um, how well we're upholding those individually. Mm. So it's checked in on all the time. And whenever we make a big decision, it's always measured in relationship to our core values. Does this you know, does this further our core values or is this contrary to our values?
0: Mm, I get asked quite often um, things like, how do you create culture and how do you create a great team um, environment when you are remote? And it sounds to me, and I'm resonating with it very hard as we're talking, um, like the values and revisiting the values and and also just the vision and what we're doing as as an organization, what's important to us, Um, coming back to that regularly really feels like that's it's it's about having that alignment amongst everybody. Is that would you say for you that's been really critical?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I would totally agree. You know, yeah. everything else about like technology and everything else is totally, totally yeah. secondary to <laughs> just having values and culture. And it's so much more important in a in in a virtual company, I think, than than uh in other circumstances where you have something else to fall back on, you know, a lunch crew or, uh, you know, in face-to-face connections or, um, you know, history or, you know, something.
0: I feel like, you know, it's very easy to look at that top level stuff, like the how, you know, like the technology, the this, the systems, the processes, but it feels like, the why is like, are we aligned? Are we on the same page? Are we, work, are we all working on something that we really care about? And it feels to me that you know when people are given this level of freedom and flexibility that my company and your company are offering to our team and we have this very clear, unified vision and mission and values and who we are and how we want to be, uh, we can attract people into that environment that want all of those things and they just feel motivated and engaged by all of that. And yes, technology plays a role and there's all these how elements, but mm-hmm. it feels like the why is is the bigger piece of the puzzle.
1: For sure. And and you bring up a good point, you know, with the you know, by working remotely, you have a lot of autonomy and if you have good culture and good values, it really facilitates being able to work autonomously cuz mm-hmm. you already know what the values are, it makes makes it easier for folks to make their own decisions about how to conduct things.
0: I think that's a really good point that you've raised around decisions and and when they do understand the values of the company and how we're operating, it is a lot easier for them. Um, not so long ago, I kind of really pushed my team to step up um, into that decision making space and basically talked with them about rather than coming to me as the you know the top of the tree, like, Sarah, this is what we need to do. can you approve it or not? Um, i we we changed things around a little bit where Uh, I I suggested to them, you go to whoever the key stakeholders in the organization are now that will be impacted by what you want to do. Work with them to make sure, like if it's, I'll give an example, my marketing girl wanted more marketing budget and usually she'd come to me and then I'd figure it out and say yes or no or whatever. But I said, well, go to Apple, who's the financial controller. You guys figure out what it's going to, how it's going to impact the budget and the team and then come and propose it to the whole team. And then we will decide as a collective whether we're moving ahead with that or not. And it's pretty cool because they do have the vision of the company, the values, all of that as guiding posts. And they can work together because they're all very, very smart, capable people. It doesn't all need to go through me. Um, so that's been really liberating for our team. I think it's really enabled people to step into like just a whole new embodiment of their own personal power and what they can bring to the organization. and. It's been
1: fun. What's really what? What I think one of the things is really cool about that is it it uh, gives people a stake in in things. It makes them. It helps people feel like they have you know voice and how things are run in the company and a stake in the outcome and you know sense of how you know that they have an impact on how things how the company is run.
0: Yeah and it's amazing to see how they show up differently when they feel empowered like that so it's you know it probably sounds a bit scary to some of our listeners who are entrepreneurs to think i don't know about that i like to like make the decisions <laughs> and i used to be like that you know my first 5 years as a leader i was so controlling and so on top of everything but over the years i've learned like as i loosen my grip on things mm-hmm. it actually the company starts to flourish more and more so that's been a cool journey <laughs> where
1: where were you when you realized you were the bottleneck Yeah, exactly.
0: Oh my God. Like I definitely was the bottleneck. And you know, when it was for me was when I was in the office with the team because Mm -hmm. I was micromanaging everything and I was looking at everything and I was literally on top of people. Um, Mm -hmm. And yeah, it was that process of going remote to me where I started to see more and more what my team were capable of. Um, Mm -hmm. And we had some people leave that weren't suitable for the you know they kind of self selected out it didn't really work for them but no. over that you know we had that little transition period over a year or so and then we settled into a new groove and it's been amazing i'd love to hear actually like going back to talking about some of the fears that our listeners might have going back to when you were thinking about when you made that decision to go remote like were you afraid were you did you have questions or how was it for you that you made that decision
1: um i i think i was apprehensive because i think in, in some place in my mind and in my ego you know I had my name on a building or something like that um, and I'm like well that that won't happen if we're totally, totally virtually <laughs> what do you put your name on <laughs> and uh, so you know there there's a part of that that I sort of needed to let go which was a good thing and uh, i I wasn't really sure how it was going to work but when we Uh, I fell back on the idea that you know when we founded the company, we were we knew we were going to do things differently, and we were going to do things our way, win or lose. Like whether we succeeded or failed, it didn't. You know what was more important is that we did did things our way, because if we if we failed and didn't try, then we would have had regrets, and if we succeeded, there there would have been questions. Like Mm -hmm. what would have happened? So uh, taking the leap and going fully virtual was sort of aligned with that. And then also, I I would also add, to be fair, one of our employees was already uh, virtual. Mm -hmm. So uh, he was based in Indian or is still based in Indianapolis and we're in Cincinnati. And so we already had that idea of like, oh, it's possible to work yeah,
0: that just kind of opened your eyes up to it and then you're like, "Oh." Yeah. Go down a rabbit hole and it's it's an exciting rabbit hole. I love it.
1: <laughs> yeah, and but we uh, until we like fully committed to that. Uh and and I would also say the employees kind of helped push me in that direction also. I I'm, I'm not sure I I didn't I can't take credit that I came up with the idea. They were they said, "Why don't we work from home? We're tired of commuting." And so cool. And I said, All right, well let's try.
0: I love it. And for all the leaders out there, I think there's such I hope that message is coming across that like commuting to work and all of that for a lot of people really sucks. Like it's not fun to have to be there at this certain time of day and stay there. And oftentimes people do end up working really long hours and there's a lot of distractions in the office as well that I think there's this big fear of people being distracted at home, but actually I think there's a lot more distraction there's a lot more chit chat and you've put like twenty or hundred or two hundred or that however many people in a room together and kind of said all of you operate in the same way at the same time, like you know some of us are morning people, some of us are evening people, like a little more flexibility, and you might actually be getting more out of your people so
1: absolutely um,
0: I also wanted to just yeah say thank you for sharing the the vulnerability yeah. around the the story of wanting the name on the building and having to let go of that. So uh, I think uh, you know I
1: we still, can... drive, I still drive down the highway and go, Oh, that would be, you know, that would be cool to see my name up there, but not really for like a minute. Yeah. <laughs> and, then it goes but, away.
0: and then you got that award. And is that not a cooler thing? Like happiest company. I think that's fucking better than your name on a building. <laughs>
1: Absolutely. Like, no doubt. No doubt. I mean, I never thought I'd, you know, Never not, even
0: crossed your mind, probably. No, yeah. no, that would win
1: an award for anything. But uh, this is this is really, if there's one award to win, this would be the one I would win.
0: Oh, I love it. The look on your face right now tells me how happy you are. <laughs> yeah. You guys can't, you listeners out there can't see it, but Stephen looks very, very happy. And, and I'm happy for you. Big smiles all around. So amazing. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Um, just and sharing your journey and sharing... What an incredible job you've done with your team and with your your company and the culture, and obviously winning the award is absolutely like proof that what you're doing is working. And and you've said that it's working in terms of the business success, um, like the profit and those things. So for all, anyone who's you know doubting or wondering if creating happy, more engaged teams actually translates, you know, I think it it really does. Um, and as we go down this series, this podcast series, um really excited to have more conversations with people that are pushing the boundaries of their thinking and um, going into different ways of operating with their team, empowering their team and, and really learning from so many different people about what works and what doesn't. I know I've got some things out of this conversation today so thank you so
1: much for joining me. Thanks Sarah. Pleasure.